Glad you're here. I feel silly talking to you right here with a microphone, but this is for recording. For you people that are new, there's a podcast of these studies out. So, you know, we're, we're like in the middle of the book right now. So we're studying the book of Romans. So, no, I didn't want to do that. There we go. We're in chapter 8. And it starts out, we, we covered, I think, up to, well, we didn't cover, we didn't finish, but we got up to as far as verse 5 in chapter 8. But I want to take a reading start in these things and, and maybe do a little review. Because it starts out in chapter 8 about now. This is where we are now. See, the book already told us, first of all, the, the theme of the Ro book of Romans is the gospel. Paul said in chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Gentile, because in it the righteousness, a righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so he introduces this, that simply just believing the gospel and, and putting it into your lives is the power of God to salvation. And we talked about how salvation isn't just you go to heaven someday. You're not just saved from something. You're saved for something. You're saved from pretty much everything that happened because of sin in the world. And it's spent from chapter 1, verse 18 to chapter 3, verse 23, explaining how nobody but nobody but nobody can be right with God in their own power. You just can't do it. And, and talks about the law, the Ten Commandments, and all those things. How they weren't given to give us a standard to live by. They were given to show us you can't. That there's, there's a power that entered the world called sin that lives in every single one of us. Um, chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Through one man sin entered, and then death through sin, and so death passed upon all men, and that all have sinned. So... This, this is just, everyone is born with a sin nature. It's the thing, you know how when someone says, don't do something, there's something in you that says, I want to do it. <laughs> there's something in us that wants to do things we know are wrong, that wants to overextend itself, wants to overeat, wants to covet, wants to be jealous, wants to be fearful. All these things entered through sin. And all these things, well, they, they eventually wind up in death. But now, we're living now, because chapter 4 told us that justification was by faith. Chapter 3, verse, um, say 21 through chapter 4, is, is explaining to us that the only way to this salvation is through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That, you know, confessing him as your Lord and Savior. Chapter 5 explained to us that we are now right with God. We are righteous with God. We have peace with God. When you, I mean, you can literally forget your past once you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Anything that you've done wrong, I mean, in regards to other people, of course not. They don't forget. <laughs> but as far as your relationship with God is concerned, you are pure, spotless, perfect. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so that's why here we are in chapter 8, where he says there is now, now, right now, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation at all. Every single thing you've ever done wrong or ever do wrong was bought and paid for. That's what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was all about. So 
There is no condemnation. Even when you do something wrong now, the Bible says come boldly or confidently in Hebrews chapter 4 to the throne of grace. That's where God sits. You do that by faith. I mean, this is why we worship before we hear. Because I, I believe with all my heart that God Almighty himself speaks through me when I give these messages. I'm not here to just, you know, tell you what I know. I'm here to just, just allow God to minister to you through me. And I want, I want to yield myself to him so that he can use me, but I also want you to yield yourself to him so that you can hear more than just a man speaking. You know, I mean, if I didn't think God was speaking th would speak through me, I wouldn't come. You don't need to know what I, my opinion. You need to know what God has to say about things. And now, now there is no condemnation to you if you are what? In Christ Jesus. We spent a whole lesson on that one. For the Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This is, and we, talk, we talked a little bit about this. Spirit, there's a, there are spiritual laws in effect. The Bible called faith a law. And again, just in review, why it's called a law, well, it's more like laws of physics than rules and regulations, spiritual laws. They work like laws of physics. And the law of the spirit of life, the Bible calls it a law. Someone tell me why it's a law. What, what, what makes a law a law? Like the law of gravity. Why do they call it a law? So, yeah, every time. That's right. You know, we never worry about gravity not working. We never worry, go to bed worrying about waking up floating around the room. We know gravity works. There's a law of sin and death that works. It works every time. It's always pulling on you. It's always, it's always taught, tugging at you. It's always trying to get you and pull you towards death, no matter what it can be. It could be a whole range of things that are that, at a first appeal, appeal good to you. You know, it operates through um, what what the Bible calls in First John chapter two, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is, this, is, this is how it comes. It says all that's in the lust. I mean, this is how the first sin entered, right? The Bible says that when Eve saw that, the, I mean, you know, God said, don't eat that tree. Anything you want is fine. Just don't eat from that one tree because the day you do it, you're going to die. And But when the Bible said that when Eve saw, lust of the eyes, that the tree was good for food, or good for food, lust of the flesh, Beautiful to look at, lust of the eyes, desirous to make one wise, pride of life, shaded. This is tugs at you through these things. It'll pull you to tell why, why people get from like what we call rec recreational drug users, but they get pulled into addiction, right? I mean, I was there a long, long time ago, very long time ago. But, you know, at first it was a blast, and then I couldn't live without it, right? It's, it's how it works. It's, 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 what does the Bible say about it? It has pleasure for a season, but then it gets bitter. And it's always drawing you towards death. It looks good in the beginning, draws you towards death. But, see, we are in a higher law. So, there is a higher law. Well, you know, a higher law than gravity, right? We've learned how to overcome gravity through technology, right? 
you know, you could, we could fly planes. Why? Because they, they've discovered they can use the laws of thrust and lift, and they never worry about that not working. They know if the wings are in the right place, they know if the engine's on, they know if they got enough fuel, they'll, they'll, and they got a powerful enough engine to generate enough thrust, it'll, it'll get, get enough speed to generate enough lift under the wings to, to put the airplane in the air, and, and it'll overcome the law of gravity, right? But gravity is still pulling on the plane. You who are in Christ Jesus, the law of sin and death is still pulling on you. What you've got to do is become aware, spiritually aware, that there is a higher law than you can walk in. That is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Lose those words again. In Christ Jesus. Because now we are in Christ Jesus. See, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law, see, it's still wrong when the Bible says, thou shalt not covet. That's still wrong, right? But you don't covet by, not try, by trying to not covet. You don't, not, you know, not commit adultery by trying not to commit adultery. You don't not steal by trying not to steal. You don't do those things if you are walking in the spirit. Walk and in the Bible, when the Bible says walk, it talks about how you conduct your life. We are, and this is what we're doing here. We're learning to live our lives in the Spirit. And that comes by, well, you know, we're way ahead of where we're going to go in, but that comes by renewing your mind. What you're doing now, what we're all doing now, is renewing our minds. Learning to think, and this would even be blasphemous in some occasions, learning to think like God thinks. You know, people take verses of Scripture out of context. There's Scriptures in Isaiah where people like to quote all the time. And they say, well, God's ways aren't our ways. And God's thoughts aren't our thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so they think we couldn't possibly think God's thoughts. Totally out of context. If you, read it, if you read it in context, who God is talking to is people who are backslidden. He says, let the wicked forsake their way and let the unrighteous man forsake their thoughts. Well, what's their problem? Because you're not thinking like me. God, God wants us to think like him. That's why he gives us his word. He wants us to believe it. Mix faith with it when we hear it. This is a promise, by the way. The righteous require, the verse 2 was a promise. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set us free from the law of sin and death. We're, we are now in a state of being free. You know, we talked about um, two different kinds of truth. There's natural temporary truth here and now, but then there's eternal or spiritual truth. You know, God is true, right? So when the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed... Is it a lie? No. We just haven't caught up with it yet. We are free from the law of sin and death. We're just learning how to apply that on a day-to-day -day basis, right? We are already free, but we have to learn how to, how, to, how to harness that, how to release our faith in that, and how to put that day-to-day -day in our lives. That's what the calls walking in the Spirit. And it's always according to the Word. 
For those who live, verse 5, I think we got this far last time, did we? Did we get to verse 5? This is about what? What's that? Yeah. I, I rushed through them because I wanted to run, read into this. I didn't, we already covered them. For those who live according to the flesh, now set their, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So notice the word there, set. See, that's the challenge. That's the warfare. To set, to keep your mind set because you're... Your life will follow your thoughts, right? And I, I believe we talked about, when we talked about the law of faith. Anyone tell me how the law of faith works? This is, this is, right, you, got, you guys need to go back and read the, listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, how do you get saved? What do you do to get saved? What is the Bible, what is the Bible prayer of faith? What's that? And, 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 two things. Two things. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how faith, Jesus put it this way in Mark eleven twenty three: Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says comes to pass. See, it's not only how you get saved, it's how you live by faith. Remember I talked to you last time and I was telling that hurricane to stay out at sea? <laughs> kind of did, didn't it? <laughs> it missed it. <laughs> Remember? Ruined my birthday anyway, but whatever. Well, because well. <clears throat> everything was canceled. Anyway, so those, but where you set, so that's, this is the warfare, right? You're going to set your mind, set your mind, set your minds on the things of the spirit. Now, when it talks about the things of the flesh, it's just talking about natural things, right? You know, um, I don't know what, what what issues you you know a lot of you are dealing with right now, but whatever it is that you're dealing with, what the spiritual mind would say was, what does God promise have to say about that, and what does God's spirit have to say about that? Not how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to how am I going to uh, uh, pass this test. How am I going to get into this college? It's it's all already done, and the way is paved for you. If it's what if it's the way God wants, you, if it's the life that you've created to live, it's already taken care of. We covered that also. Remember, Second Peter chapter one, that he is he is his his grace has already provided all things that pertain to life and godliness. Already provided it. Okay. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, If you were raised with Christ, and you were, if you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were, right? It doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but we'll talk about that. You know, that's, the, well, yeah, we'll, we will. Where do I get to it? I keep wanting to get go too fast. If you were raised with Christ, Ephesians chapter 1 says he has raised us up and has made us sit together with him in the heavenly places. If you're born again, you were raised up with him. If you, you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born again. If you believed in your heart, see, it's why is it law of faith? Because it works every time, right? No one's ever confessed with their mouth. Jesus says their Lord, and obviously 
understanding the ramifications of it. You don't just say it. You can, you can teach a parrot to say it. But if you, you mean it, in other words, you surrender your heart to him and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the law. Anyone, no one has ever done that and not gotten saved, not gotten born again. Synonymous terms. So it says, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. See, one thing that you need to understand, and it's a lot harder for you to do this than me, because I'm 65 years old and you're not. <laughs> What's that? It's going to go faster than you think. Believe me. Believe me, it is. But, but to, to be mindful that this life is short, and we're really living for eternity. It's, it's a flesh. When you're there, it's going to be less significant than a bad day you might have had 10 years ago seems to you now. This whole life. Eternity is a long time. Life is short. And so we need being spiritually minded is, is not just being mindful, and it is that, of, of mindful of how God's promises are applying to your day-to-day -day walk. Because a lot depends on that day-to-day -day walk. You know, how you spend eternity depends on that day-to-day -day walk. Who you get to take with you depends on that day-to-day -day walk. What God can do with you here and now in this temporary time that we have has to do with that day-to-day -day walk, right? But, so you're always doing that, but you, it says to seek those things which are above. Seek eternal things. Keep, keep in mind, you are in eternity right now. You were already there. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. There it is again. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. Why? Well, you know, what happens when you set your mind on things of the earth? Especially nowadays. It's easy to get troubled, right? It's easy... It's easy to experience things that, and I'm going back to our last lesson, that are not the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? I mean, you know, there are, there are those of us who are, you know, just unfortunately called to live through tough times. You know? So those of you who were here Wednesday night before last, my message was a little bit about that. You know, there were people... You know, in, when, back, in, back in Israel, when they were going into captivity, the prophet Jeremiah was like their last chance, and God knew they weren't going to take it. And there were people in Israel there, through no fault of their own, were going to get forced out of their homes and driven into captivity, right? I know it took, when, when, when Moses delivered the Jews out of Egypt, right? And we know that they didn't have the faith to simply walk into the land God wanted to give them because they were too busy looking at the giants that were living in the land and not um, looking at God who was bigger than the giants, bigger than the armies. And they were afraid to go in. And God said, all right, fine. You guys are going to go back into the wilderness. This will be another 40 years. And the next generation is going to go in. But you, but you know, there were people, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb for three, who through no fault of their own, had to spend 40 years in the wilderness with this generation because this generation wouldn't come with them. So the point I'm trying to make is, is make sure that even if this generation falls, and, I, and I'm like 
almost half apologizing to you guys for the mess my generation is leaving you guys. Not half, not even half apologizing, because, well, yeah, I'm only half apologizing, because I still haven't lost faith in my generation that we're not going to wake up yet, but, <laughs> and get things turned around before, while I'm still here. But, you know, just all you can do, all you can do is what God's called you to do, right? The point is, is that's one of the snares of the devil, to get you stressed about what everyone else is not doing. You can't make them, Right? You can only be what God's called you to be. You can only do what God's called you to do. But you have, in, in order to do that, and if you set your minds on things above, then the things, I mean, you know, it's no matter how bad things get here, it's, it's, not, it's not the end of everything. It's not a crisis. If your mind is set on things above, you don't have crises. It doesn't matter. The worst thing that can possibly happen is you go to heaven, and that's wonderful. I mean, Paul said it's far better. Before you died, see, that's one thing. When you got born again, you literally became something else. You're not even the same person anymore. You're not even the same spirit. You've got the same mind. You're living in the same body, but your spirit is brand new. It isn't even you. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. So that's another reason why you have to set your your minds on things above. And I like, you know, I like the King James there. It actually says affections. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. It's, you know, some people, their affections, they're all caught up in whatever. I mean, their whole world revolves around a boy or a girl or a school or a job or some people, I mean, some people, a sports team. You know, it's, it's all the, <laughs> the next episode of whatever. These things just don't matter. I mean, boys, girls, yeah, the right one, that matters. That's important. That's important because you want someone who's, who, who's going to uh, be a compliment to you and you're going to be a compliment to them in the things that God's called you to accomplish and not pull against each other. But your life here is hidden with Christ in God. If you're, if you're looking down here for your life, you won't find it. <laughs> Amen? If you're looking in the one ends, if you're looking there, look here, look, look, look to God. He's already got it all lined up for you. That's where your life is hidden. It's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart. This is how you, this is the, and again, this is the battle. Set, set, keep your mind set. We're, we're, we're moving towards the talking about what well, we're, we're going to be renewing our minds. But you have to guard your heart. Because how many know that there's things come at you every day that want, that want to cause you to be troubled? You know, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You, if Jesus said that, remember what we said when Jesus tells us to do something, what comes along with that? The ability to do it, that's right. So when he told them, you feed the 5,000. They could have, they just didn't know it, right? When he said, you get in the boat and go to the other side, even though there's going to be a storm coming, they could have, they just didn't know it. When the Bible says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, you can if you know it. Amen? 
But you, what you've got to do is guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. You know, I'm, I was a little puzzled as to why I had the Lord put that scripture in there, and I, now I know why. You can get a little bit confused looking when it says, look at things above. You know, it's like heaven isn't up there. It's talking, <laughs> amen. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So look at it, when, when it says looking at things above. See, there's a whole new, there's a whole different realm that's called the realm of the spirit, right? It's real. It's not fake. We are spirits. The Bible says that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Angels are spirits. God is a spirit. The devil is a spirit. Demons are spirits. They're all real. They all exist. You just can't see them. But there's angels in this room right now. Did you know that? Point being is where the issues or the wellsprings or the source of life comes from. The power to overcome sin. The power to heal. The power, the, the, the wisdom, the direction from God comes out of you. I really, I like that song I chose, but I really wanted to use the song Inside Out. But I couldn't get one that would, you know, that would let me play. They're getting less and less now. You know, I would have had to go to YouTube and watch commercials and all that. It's not going to do that. So I picked another song. I tried about four different versions of it, and none of it would let me download it to my presentation. So I didn't use it. Okay, Romans 8.8. 8. So then, oh, so we're back in the Romans. Then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You know, how many want to be pleasing to God? You know, if, let, me, let me first encourage you with one thing right now. God will never love you any more or any less than he does right now. No matter what. Amen? But what we're doing is growing up spiritually, right? I mean, to be honest with you, as, as a guy who raised three kids, when kids are like really little, they're cute, you love them to pieces and all that, but they don't really do much to please you, do they? <laughs> right? You don't expect them to. They're kids, especially babies, toddlers, whatever. It's all about me, 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 you know? It's all, I want, I want, I want. It's, it's, it's expected. And you don't love them any less. That's the point I'm trying to make. But then, when they, if they get to be 12, 13, 14, 15, 20, and they're still me, 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 they please you a lot less than they did when they were little kids. <laughs> because you begin making, putting expectations on them when they begin to grow, right? When, they, when time goes by, you expect them to mature. Same with God. Amen. If you're brand new, if you just made Jesus Christ the Lord, I mean, even if, even if you're not where you should be spiritually, God doesn't love you any less. But you don't necessarily please Him, right? I mean, we all have people we love that don't please us sometimes, right? Doesn't make us love them less. It just means we're not pleased with them. But those who are in the flesh and... and Again, in the flesh, don't 
doesn't necessarily mean like murderers, rapers, you know, and, and, and covetous and all these different things. It's just living a natural life. Just, just living like regular people do. In Hebrews, it said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So being in the flesh or living in the natural or not living by faith, you can't please God. Now, why do you think that is? Is God just trying to be hard or what? We've talked about this before, but I, I'm, this is a different application of things we talked about. But, you know, you have to learn to apply different things in different ways. Why do you think it is that God isn't pleased with us if we're not walking in the Spirit, living by faith, which are actually one and the same thing? You can't be doing one without the other. They're both the same. That's what you do by faith. You walk in the Spirit. So... First of all, I guess you got to believe you were walking in the Spirit, right? <laughs> Amen? Not when you feel like you're walking in the Spirit, but believe you are. But why isn't God pleased with us when we're not living by faith? And, 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 this, you know, and we get more and more in tune with this. I mean, the early parts of living by faith is simply believing God's promise over and above you know, the circumstances and, and casting our care on him and not knowing exactly how God wants to do things and things like that because we're not really in tune with the voice of the Spirit yet, but we just believe his promises. But it eventually develops to where you get to where you're in tune with the voice of the Spirit and, you, and the very specific things of your life you can discern. We're going to talk about that, not tonight. We have to get to, to this part yet. So, anyone, no one knows why, huh? You can't make, yeah. Well, you won't, yeah, well, you definitely won't demonstrate what God's will is, which is he wants us to do. I mean, this is all about eternity, right? So why are we living this life? Because God wants to do something through us. And apart from faith, he cannot. Cannot. Psalms said that God, that the children of Israel hindered God because of their unbelief. Mark chapter 6, Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus, when he went to his own hometown, could not do any mighty works. Didn't say he didn't want to. Didn't say he didn't try. He could not do it. And it said that they, he marveled at their unbelief. See, you basically, when, when you are living a natural life, and you, and you know you are, if you're all stressed out, worried, fearful. You're still walking in the flesh, right? Not, not walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Don't have any peace. Don't have any joy. You are literally cutting yourself off from God. You're putting a barrier between you and Him because He will not violate your will. Trusting Him is your way of submitting to Him, your way of giving Him access to you, to bless you, to use you, which is what He wants to do. For So it says that it's impossible, to, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. Well, obviously, yeah, you know. You can't come to God. I mean, you get someone, to, you talk to us about someone, 
would say the sinner's prayer, confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior, because it was just one problem. After they finished saying it, they say, I don't believe in God. So, so what good did that do? Not much, right? you got to believe that he is. You won't come to him. And what? That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, what's the, why is that important? What's the reward? I don't know. It depends on what you're seeking him for, right? Amen. Because if you don't believe that you're, you're seeking and, you're, and your faith will be rewarded, you'll, you'll let it drop. That's why. If you believe it, you'll hang on to it. You won't let it go. The Bible talks about holding fast to your confession. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, eternal truth, right? Eternally, you're healed. Some of you may not feel like it right now. Do you, but do you believe it anyway? Right? Walk by faith, not by sight. That goes for all the other senses too. Not by feeling what you believe, right? Verse, uh, verse Hebrews 11.3 By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So I, I, I've read these scriptures because I, I wanted to show you that while we see that things that are seen are, not made, are made from things that aren't visible which means that that realm of the spirit that's very real it's not only real it's the parent of this realm it's actually more real things that are not seen are more real than things that are seen that's why the bible says we walk by faith not by sight in other words trust your faith more than your senses because faith is eternal truth and your senses are temporary everything you see is subject to change there's nothing seen that can't change in a split second We've all seen that in many cases, usually for the bad, but many times for the good. Right? People on their deathbeds jump up. That's a good thing, right? Natural disasters, that's a bad thing. But whatever's seen can change in a moment, in the, in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye, we're going to be out of here one day. Natural man, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So, just in information, if, I, if anything I'm saying to you sounds like foolishness right now, you're still thinking naturally, right? But... I think if you're honest with yourself, there's something stirring in here that's, that's trying to bear witness that there's a higher way to think, right? There's higher thoughts to think and a higher life to live, higher ways to walk in. You just, you, your mind just has to catch up with it, with your spirit. Over in chapter 3, see, he... he, he told them, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people because you are as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. See, 
here they, it was, this was a new church though, so it was okay. He's just telling them they're not there yet, you know. In the previous chapter, he talked about his first visit to him. He said, when I was there, I was determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, but that you don't stay there, right? I mean, that's where you start, but people begin to grow. I mean, you, you get deeper truth in 2 Corinthians. But as of now, they were still babies. Didn't mean he loved them any less. Just meant they were still babies. They were just, I mean, being born again is like being born. You have to grow up spiritually, right? Just like you have to grow up physically and mentally. You have to grow up spiritually. So I'm talking to you like natural people. I'm, I'm just giving you the very basics right now because that's all I can give you. How do I know that? I fed you with milk and not solid food. You know, you don't give a six-month-old a ribeye. You just don't do it. For until now, you were not able to receive it, and you even now you're still not able. How do I know? Because you're still carnal. You know what a carnal? Fleshly, right? Carnal. It's where we get what would say chili con carne. What's that chili with meat, right? Carnal meat. Carnally minded. Meathead. It's true. You can call people <laughs> when you when you're stressed out and, and 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 fearful and jealous or all those things. You're just being a meathead. Why? Because there is envy, strife, and division. Well, there's no envy, strife, and division in the spirit, right? God is our all in all. There's nothing about you for me to be jealous of. There's nothing about me to be jealous or envious of, right? God doesn't want to give me what he's given you, and he doesn't want to give you what he's given me, and I don't want what God hasn't given me. Do you? So there's no need for it. So don't be a meathead. Are you not carnal? Watch this. And behaving like mere men. See, we're not supposed to be normal. Right? Don't expect the world to understand you. But they don't have to. But you don't need to know anything to them about except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Then they can begin their journey once they get that. Right? Over in the book of Hebrews, though, it's a little different. Because if you're not progressing, there's no treading water in the spirit. You're going forwards or backwards. There's no, there's no neutral. You're either progressing in God or you're backsliding. One of the two. And he said, which was the case with the Hebrews. He said, for by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So you can actually go back to being a baby. How do you do that? Well, with the Hebrews, it was because they were under a lot of pressure. You know, he was the one who was, that, that I got that, quoted that scripture from, that... Um, to hold fast your confession, because they were they were under tremendous pressure to deny Christ. They were and, and, and return to the Jewish religion and just you know keep doing what they were doing. So how do you do that? Well, he said that. And first of all, in chapter ten, he said 
don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, right? Which has become the habit of some. Through this pandemic, it's become a habit for people, right? God didn't make exceptions for that. I don't, I, I don't think the church was wrong to shut down, but, but once, once they, <laughs> because they wanted to be good neighbors, right? In the beginning, but once they realized that they were being unfairly uh, uh, viewed in this regard, that, you know, that they weren't as non-essential when liquor stores, bars, or uh, what, whatever, you know, California where drugs are legal, pot stores, you know, where, where pot's legal, pot stores, they, they, they were, these are essential, but church isn't, and they began to say, wait a minute, you know, and went to court and won. Not only that, California, the state was ordered to pay their legal fees too. And permanently banned from closing churches if they don't close everything. You gotta stand up, right? You gotta stand up. It's what my general well, I'm not gonna get into that. I'll, I'll never get I'll never get off it. It's a pet peeve of mine. So what we want to do is begin to get skilled in the word of righteousness. If you don't, if you, and oh, well, so I was, I lost my train of thought. What I started to say was you become baby by first of all, stop going to church, right? Stop reading your Bible, stop praying, you know, it, and, and it becomes a habit, right? You miss it and then all of a sudden you, you get in a routine and you're back in the natural. If you want to grow up, you have to stay consistent, Right? You don't have anything better to do when you get up in the morning, but, but go before the Lord, pray, meditate on the scripture, wh whatever it is. Spend time with God. You've got nothing better to do, okay? If you've got to be someplace early, get up earlier. This is the most important. I'm not going to stop emphasizing that. This, that's the most important thing. The assembling of yourself is, the most, is, is, is high on the list. It's a close second, right? You need to be in church. You need to be taught. You need the fellowship. You need other people to lift you up. You, you miss it, and, and, and you miss it, and it's like, ah, oh, it's so nice out. And then every time it's nice out, you don't want to go. Guess you don't want to go to church. Guess what part of you is saying, I don't feel like going to church today? The carnal part. <laughs> Sin, which is in your members. That's, what, that's, that's what's telling you not to go, right? These things... These things need to, if you, want, if you want to progress, these things are priorities, right? He gave the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You, we, so if you're not sitting under the ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, obviously, evidently you're not going to be equipped for the work of the ministry God's called you to do, right? Okay. I think it's getting late here. Solid food belongs to the world. Full age who, that is by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I'm not going into those scriptures right now. I'll, I'll just mention them. It's not only learning them, but it's, it's the thought process to how do I now apply this to my life once you learn it, right? You should be asking yourself, how are the things you're hearing now? How does this change things? How does this change that I'm, not, that I'm, that I'm uh, 
not under the law of sin and death anymore. I'm, not, I'm free from it. How does this change things that I have to keep my mind set on spiritual things? I've got to keep my mind set on things above. I've got to keep my mind set on God. You know, it's just, you know the easiest way to do this is? Just always be aware of God, that He's with you. Not, not even like a, a foreign concept, but like, you know, when you're hanging out with each other, you're aware that you're with each other. Well, you know what? God is there. God is here. Be, always be aware with Him. Talk to Him all day. Stay aware. He's, he's, he, the Bible says He's closer than a brother, right? If that's real to you, how do you think that's going to affect your, the way you walk, right? Make it easy. Okay. So, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Boy, there's so much in these verses. You know, and once again, good and evil from God's perspective, not yours, right? Everybody wants to compare themselves to, I don't know, Hitler or the Taliban or something when they want to talk about good and evil. <clears throat> but from God's perspective, what's evil? Well, sin, okay. Guess what the Bible says about sin? What sin is whatsoever, and I quoted this last time, it's in Romans chapter 13, whatsoever of not, that is not of Faith is sin. So, unbelief. You begin to discern unbelief, right? I mean, sin all sin originates in unbelief. That was a lesson we already covered. And that's as far as we're going to get tonight. So, I guess the conclusion or the wrap-up or the main point is... is Where's your mindset, right? Is it in the things of the spirit? Once you get used to it, you'll 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 run to it when you don't have it. I mean, I don't like not having peace. <laughs> I, I I I enjoy. The Bible says in God's presence is fullness of joy. The Bible says that 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 He keeps him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on. I, I like peace, you know. When disturbing things are going on around me, I, I like to still have peace in my heart. Amen? So anyway, we'll take up there next time. I hope I'll see you hope to see you all there. God bless you.